Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Robcast. And I don't know if it can get any better, but Kristen Bell is here. Yes, I am. We're in the back house. We're in the back house. And when I mentioned doing a Robcast episode this week, Kristen was like, well, why don't I just keep reading from your book? Which... How could sounds, you say no? How could I say no? <laughs> I know. It was so much fun last time and meaningful and and uh, gave me all sorts of interesting things to think about. Well, and I always think it's interesting, the mystical nature of like picking passages from the book and then it just naturally leads into what it feels like should be talked about. You know what in I mean? In this moment, right, right, In this right, moment. Right. It's that very, moment and this moment it's instantly. It's very of the present moment. Right. The two different moments in two different places in time instantly start talking to each other. So I folded pages down in the book weeks ago, but I always love seeing the connections. And yeah. um, so looking at it right now and then just asking the question, like, what is this saying to us right now? Right, right, right. And what's interesting, I did that. And at the end of the book, in the acknowledgments, the thank you section, I talked about how, about the pronouns of the book, because it's my story. So it's first person singular, I, me, but so much of it is we. It's even hard for me to think about Oh, I remember you mentioning this when you were writing it. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to tell your story, but really it was our story. There's so many places where it's I, but it's we. And that was really like a thing in this book. Um, Because you know I I go nuts about pronouns. Yes, you do. Oh, peoples, Robcast peoples. Like when, like there's this couple and like the guy's like, and then I bought this house. Um, but he didn't, they did, or like my kids, as opposed to our kids, those pronouns make me crazy because your pronouns actually are telling us how you're actually seeing things. Um, so, so in the book, it actually was, but there are so many places where we just, it, it, uh, it felt weird. It felt weird. Right, right, right. So I do this disclaimer at the end, like most of the book is we, was Kristen and Kristen and me. (laughs) Yeah. And so honestly, you reading sections of it and us for these episodes is um, there's something really right about that because you're woven into all this. And yeah. So what's what's the first one you got? I have okay. no I have no idea. what. Well, um, I have a rough idea. But I can see from the book like... I can see how far we are towards the back, which gives me a rough idea of what year it might right. be. Right. In the last episode, we just ended up picking things from the first part of the book. First part of the book. And yeah. so you said, well, let's let's pick things from the last part of the book. So literally, it looks to me like we're in the, the last 10 years of the 50 years that the book covers. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start on page 185. Oh, yeah. The book is called Everything is Spiritual. It's my new book, in case you... <laughs> we're just tuning in. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what book? Um, okay, Kristen Bell. Here right. we go. Right. This book came out um, September 15th. Yeah. Yeah, just a month ago. Which isn't yeah. that long ago, to be honest. And, and another reason why I like... Um, I like the idea of us continuing to talk about this book is because you tend to have so many ideas. Like, you're just a creative machine like do you know what I mean the ideas never stop that sometimes I feel like when something really you put something really great out there it deserves to be um enjoyed slowly like like um savored uh because there's because there's so much here and it's easy just to like move on yeah. to the next thing, but I like the idea of going deep into something and like really letting it sit and work on me, like letting those concepts like really sink in. And there's like, like I marked a lot of pages in this book. If you can see all those, 
things that I <laughs> And you were there the whole way. <laughs> and I was there the whole way. But these things are still so important to me. And so um, they're so important that I want to deeply integrate them into my life. Uh, so yeah, for me, the yeah. underlining and the marking down the page and the opportunity to discuss it, um, it just helps it all sink in another layer. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed out, and obviously the book talks about my healing in this regard, but making so many things over the years and then make it, put it out, on to the next thing. Uh, get the idea, do the work, finish it, make it, release it, share it, and then on to the next thing. And, and I... Uh, over time, noticed this this subtle, almost ache in that, which is if you just put so much stuff out, then if any of it doesn't, if something doesn't live up to your expectations, which is a trap anyway, but if it isn't what you thought it was going to be in the world, well, no worries, you got all these other things. Um, and And it's a way of actually protecting your heart, which actually isn't the healthiest impulse. And even with this book and the talks you and I had about it, put it out and then talk to people about it and interact with it and discuss it with whoever wants to, dis you know what I mean? <laughs> like just live with it for a while, which is, yeah, this has been in some ways new territory for me. Yeah. Very, very, very heart opening and slow down and just enjoy the fact that this is out in the world. So I'm into like, what, week seven of interviews or something? I mean, you know, it's always like book comes out a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks of interviews, events, and then boom, on to the next thing. And this has been like, it's going to be a while talking about this book. Right. And it's okay. And I love that you said savor. Um, honestly, let me take another layer. I can remember going through, like going out on tour and going through the show and making sure that nothing I was saying live, I'd said anywhere else. Right. I've noticed that you're like that. You never want to repeat anything. I was always over the years mortified that somebody would hear me say the same thing twice. Um, like everything has to be a brand new creation. You have to know that I brought this out of nothing. But then I remember years ago, you would hear me do a teaching and you would be like, Rob, you should not teach next week. People should spend the next two weeks recovering from that. I was just bomb. going to remind you <laughs> of, of those days when you were doing a teaching every Sunday and every single time it was an, a new concept. Of, uh, like right. I was just like, what human can process these things that fast? <laughs> Like you really, it's really okay to slow down. <laughs> no, you've always been, you've always been like, you just gave people this hour, which is an entirely different way to think about whatever topic X. You're, you'd, you'd be like, you could come back the next week and just do the whole thing over at half speed, helping everybody, all of us integrate that. Right. And wrestle with the implications and explore what it looks like in flesh and blood. And instead, a whole new thing you brought about a different topic that... that Which is, I think, one of the things that makes spiritual teachings so much different from other things, like, like taking a class in school. The, the intent of a spiritual teaching is that it would go deep and it would change you at like a yeah. core level. Yeah. So that then all of the things that flow out of your life will be altered. Right, right, right. And I honestly, this lesson, this thing that's been happening to me over the past 10 years, just a slowing down. It's okay. If you got to say it again, then say it again. Like turn the gem. Um, the times have changed. I've noticed how many people the past six months have been like, is this what you mean by Sabbath? Or is this what mm. you mean by new creation? Or is this what you were talking about, about disruption and spirit? Yeah. yeah. The number of people who have said to me, that thing that you were talking about, I now understand what you were 
trying to get at. Right. Because of this pandemic. And I'm like, oh, oh, so yeah, sometimes it's just the setting shift. That's how it works. Yeah. You hear and the same thing you hear again, but now you understand you're ready. it in a new way. You experience it. I mean, that's what happens to me is I heard something and then I heard it later and suddenly it exploded in me. And I was like, wait, I've heard I've heard that before. Or or the, the books that I've read two, three times. And then I'm like, wait, how did I miss this? Um, this is my fourth reading or whatever it is. So thank, uh, I should, do I thank you at this point? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for slowing me down. Uh, yeah. And, and actually, um, this whole process of this book and then, um, a friend of mine said having a relationship with it after it was released. Oh, you like having a relationship with this book? Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a relationship. <laughs> I'm in a relationship <laughs> with this book. Right, which and is about your life, which is about our life. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, yeah. It's a complex relationship. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm glad. It's very interesting it's how a, all this works. Yeah, I do think all of that allows the mystery in as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found, uh, like, an interviewer will ask a question about a section of the book, and I'll, it's almost like it's an invitation to go to that. Oh, yeah. It's like almost like I go to that story with them. And I, almost like I'm witnessing to it all over again, even though it was my life and it happened 30, 20, 10 years ago. It's this open-hearted what is it that you wanted to talk about? What was the question? Oh, okay, I'll go there with you. Oh, yeah, that time. Well, and I think you also talked about the writing process felt more like you were trying to drop in to your core or your heart or yeah. however you want to label it and let that be the guide Yeah. rather than your mind. No, it was a um, sinking down. So that, that's interesting yeah. also in the interview process when people yeah. are asking you questions about the book. It's a what I hear you saying is it's a similar process of like um, waiting for the answer to kind of bubble up yeah. rather than yeah. producing the right answer, which oh, is interesting because that relates to the story at the end of your book, which I don't is this think like I... a spoiler <laughs> alert? What's happening here? I know. I, <laughs> I, I actually don't know if we should talk about it because... It's such a powerful ending to the book is um, at one of the Q&As when that oh, woman right, asks right, the question. Right, 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 And right. you talk about your process. Yeah. And how you answered that question and how you would have answered the question in the past. Yes. But what it meant to be in that present moment and yes. give it yes. the space and the depth that that question was bringing up. Because, which was about the suffering of life. Right, right. Because the mind desperately wants to get it right. The mind is often chattering away about what are people going to think. Um, people are going to listen to this later. How are they going to judge you? And the mind or is even maintaining to find, your identity. Oh, absolutely. Like, I need this to look is my like I'm job. smart. I need to look like I know what I'm talking about. I need to know, uh, demonstrate that I understand all the various angles of this. And then you sink from mind down into heart. And heart is an experience of the fullness of life. And I mean, obviously, I've been enjoying the interactions surrounding this book so much because like heart, you know, soul just wants to participate. Right. Like, so how did that come across or how did that, um, I don't know, but it was... It's interesting how when you think about dropping from your mind to your heart, that there is like a dropping feeling, a sinking yes, feeling. Yes. Um, but it's also a feeling of like slowing down and mm -hmm. being more grounded, having your feet on mm -hmm. the ground, letting the earth support you. There's like a whole like feeling quality to dropping into your heart. Absolutely. And obviously the past two years, the work I've been doing with people in the Something to Say sessions. By the way, it just occurred to me, we just put up new dates for more sessions. But what's interesting is uh, much of that work is just 
inviting people to sink down into heart. And what's fascinating is everybody to a person, when they're invited to sink down into heart, gets clarity. Literally, you know now, it's been hundreds, thousands, whatever of people, mm-hmm. one, one by one by one. And when they, when this image of sinking down mm-hmm. always, always leads to some new clarity. Well, I think that would be a great place to jump in okay. to what I want to talk about. We're actually going to get to the reading here at some point. <laughs> because what you're also talking about, which I think is why people can drop into your heart, is I think you are helping to facilitate a challenging of the assumptions. Yes. You help facilitate... Um, well, I'm just going to jump in. Great. Okay, so page 185. And once you see, you can't unsee. Spirit often exposes the assumptions we've been living with that we haven't been aware of. Sometimes we've accepted rules and codes and limits without realizing it. And then spirit blows in and exposes those assumptions, showing us how limited we've been, what we haven't seen. We see what we don't have to accept, how we can make new rules. Spirit often reveals the ways in which we have ever so subtly submitted to the belief that this is just how it is. Spirit refuses to accept that this is just how it is because spirit is inherently creative. Ah, yeah. And one more, one more section. <laughs> spirit shows us new possibilities about how it works, about what we have the power to change. Yeah. So that, I love this because it's about the power of perspective. Like how that one little shift in perspective can open up so many new possibilities. And so like you're talking about dropping into your heart, but you could also talk about it in the, like opening up to spirit would be just another way of talking about this process of when you feel stuck, you feel in despair, you feel anxious, whatever that like uh, stuck place is, um, there's something that happens when you connect, you know, however you want to phrase it, drop into your heart, connect with spirit, and all of the assumptions get challenged. Right, right, right. Or maybe not all of them, but sometimes all you need is one of the assumptions to be challenged. Right, right, right. So you think about the person listening right now who has some point of tension, some conflict, some question, something that's like an angst. Mm -hmm. It's like a knot in their chest and their, or something that's keeping them awake the past few nights. And, And often accompanying that is chatter. So the mind is like racing. Right. Problem solving, trying right. to fix it. Right. How am I going to do that? And, and it's true. It's like a, um, you can feel it in your mind. It's like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go over it and over oh, it and over it and over it and so over fast. it. But you're like, yeah, but you're just going around in the hamster wheel right. over and over and over. Right. Because until you can like drop in or expand out whatever metaphor you want yeah. to use, right. but they're all metaphors of like getting out of the hamster wheel yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're you're often able to see something new. So the one exercise that's really interesting is to take a deep breath, sink into heart, and sometimes I'll ask the person, what's the real issue? Even just that question, what's the real issue here? How often... The person goes, oh my God, it's loss, change, fear. It, it, just that act of asking, what's the actual thing in play here? Often and immediately a whole layer disappears. Mm-hmm. And we're already having a different discussion, which may raise a whole new set of challenges, but at least there's a whole world of distraction and clutter that just left. Just with that. And I've seen that happen so many times that there was like a surface buzz mm-hmm. and like the act 
it's like the wind, spirits like wind, just blew that surface buzz away so we could actually see what it is. Oh, you're scared. Okay. And how often does that um, also come with some tears? Absolutely, because there's all this pent-up anxiety. There's all this pent-up, yeah. which actually we should talk about authority structures. Well, can I just say real quick, though, that like physiologically, tears shed stress hormones. So it, Do it, they really? Yeah. Oh, that's why, yeah, that's why we end up in tears so often. Yeah, it's a, it's a release of, um, well, first of all, it's what happens when you are in a, a fight or flight state, your, um, oh, I can't remember what gland it is, but it, it dries up your, your tears and gives you a dry mouth, which is oftentimes why when you're really nervous, like yeah, with sure. public speaking or whatever, you get a dry mouth. But then when you move into the parasympathetic and the rest, digest, and heal state, um, that's why sometimes you can have a release of tears, is it's actually your body's way of re-regulating, getting rid of some of those stress hormones, and also an indication that you've moved into a state where your body now feels safe. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. It, it, um it makes me think of how spirit works because like we're, we come up through these systems that taught us authorities, education, family, cultural, that taught us this is the world. It presented the world as an objective reality. This is how it works. But, but a good portion of that world was actually constructed. People made that world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a schema. It's a construct. And so we develop quite quickly this, this radar for conventional wisdom, which is how does, how does it work? Well, it works like this. So what do I do in this situation becomes, well, what's, uh, how, does this, how does a person behave in this situation? How do you act? How does it work? What lever do you pull? What button, button do you push? And... So what spirit does is expose how malleable the whole thing is because it was actually constructed by people. Somebody made those rules. And so when you're younger, those authority structures are respected because you know no better. But part of growing up is realizing, wait a second, what does that person have that I don't have? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So... The world, this is all a constant, it, most of this is constructed. It's very malleable and flexible. The clay is much softer than I first realized. And that is why sinking into heart, listening to spirit, deep knowing is, it's growing up. So instead of always looking outside, now there are obviously experts who you consult because there is like, mm -hmm. it's a fax mask. It cuts down on <laughs> the transmission of a virus. That's, that's like known conventional scientific wisdom. So there are experts. Nevertheless, in a number of areas, the great breakthroughs, which you and I have seen again and again, which has been our path again and again, is you listen to, to your deep knowing because spirit's there telling you what your path looks like. And there's clarity there. And there's direction there. And there's resources there. I mean, you and I have seen this countless times. That's how it works. That's what spirit does. It exposes, oh, you've been living this way because of that rule, but somebody constructed that rule. So can you see how they constructed that? That makes sense why they constructed that rule, but you don't have to live according to it. They constructed it then and there because of that, but you are you here, and now you are looking at this. So what's the new thing spirit is doing in you? Right, and it becomes like a new muscle right. that you start to use. Right, right, right. And so you get better and better at trusting. We'll have what we need. The next step will reveal itself. We'll be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. It's a feeling of like a deep breath. <sighs> Most people know. They actually do know. The tension is what they do know is in conflict with the external structures around them. That's actually the tension, not 
a lack of clarity. Interesting. And so what looks like, I don't know, I don't know. Everybody says, I don't know. My my editor says, oh, everybody tells me I got to post more to get more fault. Whatever their thing is, they've been told is how it works. The conflict actually isn't a lack of clarity. It's clarity that they do have in deep knowing in conflict with the conventional wisdom around them, which is everybody tells me, but but I know that I'm to do it this way. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's actually generally the real conflict is I will be departing, I will be veering away from how everybody says you're supposed to do it, although I do know that there's a way I'm to do it. Right. So there's, so there's the like an element of courage in there too. Absolutely. To like do your own thing and not care what people say and yeah. stick to your own yes. internal guide. Yeah. And kind of call into question all the assumptions, the way, why is that the right way to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know we've done that as parents as well. Like we've tried to let our kids have their own path and Absolutely. and develop that in them, like develop <laughs> yes. um, their own trust in their internal guide. Yeah, that is the job. That, the job is helping them learn to listen to who they are. Right. Right. Because, I mean, that's where the joy is, but it's also where the growth is. Yeah. Like you can kind of force a kid into a mold because this is how everybody else is doing it. But I think what we've learned is you don't get very far. <laughs> did, did we just happen to, to create three kids who just don't do molds? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that one was, I mean, Violet's young enough. That horse she's left still, the barn early yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Our, oh, that is awesome. Our older two who are adults, they've proven that to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, yeah, like maybe the. Maybe the first question, the, the first, I mean, by now, the first question we always ask is, what do you think? What do you think to them? Let's start there. What does your own knowing tell you? Oh, you're turning pages. I love it. I, I'm getting prepared for okay. what the next section okay. is. So on I'm we sorry. Go. I, d I wasn't giving you my full conversational attention. That's fine. <laughs> I was out there on my own <laughs> saying something about our kids. And I, I know. was like, oh, well, she's oh, moved well. on. Okay. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that, folks. <laughs> right. We just, I was just Maybe there'll of, be something more on parenting later. But. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you got? All right. Page 206. This is you talking. Did I ever think I'd reach a point where I just effortlessly glide, where there wouldn't be awkward interactions <laughs> and unexpected obstacles and bizarre situations there's no way I could have prepared for? for? And I, I love that about you because I do think it's true. No matter how many things you've done you, or how many times you've done them, you don't have the expectation that things will always go well. And so when, when, you, when things don't go according to plan it usually doesn't rattle you that much <laughs> because somehow you've internalized to go back to what we were talking about in the very beginning, like, like really internalizing some of these things and letting them sink deep. I think early on you internalized that there is no failure. Yes, that's true. Failure doesn't exist as a concept for you, <laughs> which is a beautiful way to live. Or you could say it differently that, Failure is inherently part of the creative process. Yes, absolutely. Like you can't create without some things not turning out the way you thought they would turn out. You have to make peace with unrealized potentials. And so you don't let, it's very interesting, you don't let things you've created reflect back on who you are or your value or your ability to try again or try something new. Right, right, right. That's what I did then. That's what I said then. Yeah, that is. That's what I wrote then. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm me now. That was me then. It's all the me's. Um, yeah, how else would it work? 
what else could you ever say at any point or make other than what you could say or make at that point? Yeah, yeah. It's funny when I do hear people talk about failure. Or uh, even, yeah. oh, sorry, I'm already jumping ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, that's always, I, I'm always like, oh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't see it that way. But even this first line, did I ever think I'd reach a point where I just effortlessly glide? I do think that some people are always striving for that kind of fantasy point of life. Oh, where yeah. Where it's going to yeah. be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm going to like have enough of this or that, or I will have achieved this or that, or I would have accomplished these goals, and then I will have arrived. Then I'll glide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just met too many people who had, they had the hit. They made insane amounts of money. They don't have to work another day in their life. They achieved all sorts of fame and prestige, but then they still had to get up in the morning and put on their pants and do something. Like, n I just kept noticing no one gets a break from, you wake up in the morning, what do you want to do today? Um, that this idea that you reach some point where you just, all the people that I saw cashed out and then they could just glide were bored. Right. Which is a, which just, is, I a, mean, you and I have interacted that, with a you know number what? of people who are bored out of their minds because well, they won the a, game. That's a different type. It, it seems counterintuitive, but it's, that's a different type of stress. Oh, like being bored is stressful. Being bored and rich. <laughs> And not having because, to do anything, right? Super stressful. Like, what am I doing here? I'm just taking up space, like having an Instagramming another meal or something, right? You know because what I mean? The, like, just the depression, the yeah, the existential angst, the right. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, like years ago, you and I, years and years and years well. ago, you and I saw some things that we were like, wait, that can't be. That isn't that isn't the goal <laughs> for sure. So yeah. like making yeah. so making peace with the ups and the downs and the starts and the stops and the not having it figured out and finding clarity like I think there's a there's a making peace that you're talking about here that was really key. Yes. For you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there, so that's that. There's that stack right there of things on the desk that are all related to this next project I want to do. Mm -hmm. I got this idea. I think it could be really fun to do. Might even help some people. Who knows? Um, I have a sense of what it is. We'll see. We'll take a crack at it. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. Um, we'll see what I learn. We'll see what else is hiding in that idea that I'm not aware of right now. We'll see what little obstacles it throws in my way. Um, but they aren't even obstacles. They're just, oh, that's interesting. I assume that thing will see the light of day. It might not. <laughs> I mean, what else? what else? How else would it be? So do you feel like when you're working with people in the sessions that this is also uh, one of the major things that's going on is just normalizing the process, normalizing yeah. the process of creating, of living. Absolutely. Like this is all normal. I, 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 I've seen you do these live <laughs> and so I'm basing it on that, but I feel like a lot of what you're also doing is just like helping people take the pressure off of themselves. Yes. Yeah. 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 I feel like the, the, there's the, the, how often you say, of course, of course you had to take a, a number of swings at that to figure it out. Like think about, let's go, let's go back to parenting. <laughs> <laughs> of course it might take a while to figure out how to help this kid be everything that kid is here to be. You haven't had this kid before. What did you, <laughs> I love asking people, what did you, do you already have around? Did you, were you already here? <laughs> where, you already learned all the lessons? Ha, have you already been here? And what, it, why did you think this would be anything other than it is? Um, even words like, 
struggle or difficulty compared to what? Like, what else have we experienced that we somehow are shocked that this is the way it is? So, yeah, of course. And of course, doing something meaningful takes an element of focus and discipline. And you have to say a whole number of no's um, when you say yes to something. Right. Otherwise, your energies are just, they're just split all over. They're just diffused. They're just all over the place. Of course, it will involve some focusing of energies, which means this, this, and this, which means not that. So there's always going to be a distinction making. And that's the power of the Genesis creation poem is what the poet does there is show the divine making distinctions. Water here, land here, animals here, plants here. Because distinctions and distinguishing, those are like the engines of creation. This, not that. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you, that would be sometimes maddening, sometimes fuzzy, sometimes crystal clear. Uh, of course, you'd get better at it. And yet then you'd go do new work and you bring all the wisdom that you accrued along the way, but then you're also doing something new. And you know, like for me, I always know what I'm going to do next based on the stuff that I'm like, I don't know if I could pull that one off. It's always the direction I head. As soon as I know, I don't know if I could pull that off. That's the direction I head because <laughs> that then is where all the fun is. Right. And sometimes it's taking the pressure off by acknowledging that there's seasons of life. And mm. some seasons are productive and some seasons are like we need to r- recover, restore, <sighs> heal, sure. right, um, right. get lots of input, yes. um, get yes. inspired. Mm-hmm. Like we can't produce all the time. Oh, so true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, going back to parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's no, it's, it's no joke having kids. And I, I know this from personal experience. It's easy to put pressure on yourself to like trying to, you try to give your kids the best that you can, but also you have this nagging thing in the back of your head that you should be like doing something like you should be making a mark yourself. You should be, what's your thing? What, Mm. you know what I mean? And there's, um. Sometimes both of those things can be done at the same time, but I think you know when it's time to release yourself when it's producing a lot of negative emotion. Yeah. Like maybe it's just time to say, I need to simplify. And yeah, this is just a season where. Yeah. I'm only doing these things. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really pulling back and. I'm going to wait until the energy bubbles up before I tackle mm-hmm. something else instead oh. of just always pushing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that woman who came to an event a couple of years ago we did in LA and it was all about the creative process and she had all these questions about the book she's writing. And when I, so I was just asking her all these questions based on what she was saying and her questions and then just said, is it, are you ready to write this book? And I remember she just, tears just mm. came. She's like, I'm not. Oh. I was like, well, <laughs> you flew across the country for about your book to find out that you're not ready to write your book. And she was so happy. Yeah, but the deeper lesson she was is. so happy. But the deeper lesson is learning. Yeah. Learning to use that process for every decision. Right. For every, right. like, even the the daily creative process, learning yeah. to use that, like sinking in and listening yeah. and being okay with whatever the answer is. Right, right, right. That I'm not, it's, it's not, not time, time. Yet for this. Yeah, because you'll know. Yeah. You'll know. And you'll know when it's not, it's not the time yet. Oh, it is the time yet. Here we go. Right. And one of the assumptions that can be challenged in all of this is that like the fear that if it's not time right now, will it ever be the time? But that's, that's a weird assumption. That's a fear about the future. Yeah. Because fear about the future means you're not here. And the present is where all the action is. Right. And the, the present's the only place you can ever be. So most of the anxieties, 
pretty much all anxieties are not happening in the now or somewhere else. Right. It's stuck it's, in the past. It's worry it's about the future. the future. It's yeah. um, some sort of something feels threatening. It's a perceived yeah. threat. Yeah. Um, let me go back to what you read there because mm -hmm. you helped me see, understand something. I think you and I watched people achieve some level of success and we watched how they almost parked there. They put the car in park because they were known for this thing they did and it brought them all sorts of wonderful feedback By and way, reward. Okay. Do we need to shut the door? Can you hear that? <laughs> That's so loud. What is that? Oh, gosh, shut the door. Okay. What is that? A leaf blower? Here, I'll do it. Is you, that a leaf blower keep, in my head? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, somebody, our neighbor, at this moment, hired a large crew of people to... I don't know what they're doing over there. That is loud. What well, was funny? If you can't hear that... Actually, by the way, you Robcast people, if you can't hear that, that's really funny because... I, it sounds like a, somebody duct taped a chainsaw on my head, right? It, that was like loud. Well, it was funny because I was like, you told me that the mics don't pick up like dog barking and that kind of thing. So I'm sitting here thinking, is the mic picking that up? And then it just keeps like, the tone just keep keeps escalating. It's like they just keep turning it up. And, you, and I'm like, at some point, I can't think anymore. So And you and I are looking at each other, like in the back of our heads going, is she going to mention it? Should I mention it, right? <laughs> We've known each other for 30 years, but we're both like, did she hear that? I well, hear I had just asked you before we started about the dog <laughs> right. barking and you're like, the mic doesn't pick no, up. So no worries. I'm just watching your face to see like, is this a problem or not totally a problem? Calm, even though I can almost barely hear you. <laughs> uh, what were we talking right. about again? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, you and I noticed... Okay, let me make this a question. Do you remember early on, you and I would notice people have some level of success, whatever that means, and it was almost like they would park right there in that space where they were noticed and affirmed and rewarded, et cetera, and we would watch them have invitations to take the next step and keep going, but that would call into question the 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 place where they parked like will everybody come with me um or will i be able to do that as well as i can do this or but what if no one appreciates the, the next thing and so they just stayed there and just basically did endless iterations of the same thing because sometimes it was geographic often it was like of the heart, sometimes it was intellect, just, just keep repeating the same things because this is what everybody expects from them. And something within you and I was like, I can remember us talking about this early on, late 20s. We're not here to do that. I can remember you and I observing people and being like, yeah, that's really helpful to see them because that's for sure what we're not here to do. We're here to keep going and keep exploring and keep seeing where it takes us. And keep finding out what's around the next corner. Remember those early discussions? It was like, it was almost atmospheric or it was almost like a texture or a feel. We would, we would have like a, ah, it's not that. It's some, it's this way. Right. Do you mean like engaging in the decision-making process? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, uh, yeah, I think we were identifying some deeper streams of yeah. our life. Like, and it's interesting that we were always very much on the same page in that way. Mm -hmm. Like like movement and um like a like a listening and following and is is that what you mean? Yeah, right, right, right. So I I just feel all I feel some there of was those a, earlier discussions mm -hmm. in that quote. Like the times when uh just even even basic things like, okay, we're putting together a new tour. Uh, I want to go to a bunch of cities I've never been to before. Small cities I've never, small towns I've never been to. Well, why don't you just go to the big ones where you know there's going to be, because. Or even like think about like in England and stuff. Okay, I, I want to do cities I've been to, but then half the cities 
I want to go to out-of-the-way places where an American would never go and do Right. I'm recognizing recently that this is just... This is just who we are. We love new experiences. <laughs> right, so, right, right. So we're not going to be the kind of person that starts an institution and then just stays there. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, um, right, right. We knew this early. It's just interesting when you read that. I go, oh, yeah, that that was written last year. And there's year. risk baked into that. Like, yes. Like we have made decisions that to some of our family members and friends seemed well we had one family member tell us that we what, were crazy what are you doing we had another family member <laughs> tell us that we were spiraling out of control <laughs> we did um and we were like oh, god but that, it's if that's what this is but okay, it's how but it's but it's part of our like i, I want to use the word like calling mission like that like dna yeah it's just yeah that's a good word dna it's just yeah. um it's in us and then we take on risk because that's how we choose to live. Well, it's funny because when I think about that, <laughs> when I look way back, you were just, just uh, my memories are dominated by this impression that you just weren't phased by risk. For you, the risk, when I think about over the past 30 years, for you, the risk was always greater to not follow it. Yeah. Early on, I remember realizing, oh my God, this woman, the only risk in play here for her is that we wouldn't follow it and see where it goes. Yeah. That's the risk. The her, the risk is you'd just be in the same place and and miss it. There is that <laughs> point of kind of no return when you're in far enough, when you've gotten enough clarity that... Um, right. That right. there's kind of an equal risk of not doing it. Why would you not keep going? <laughs> it's interesting how many interviews people say, like, well, this book, okay, this book, it's like there's a continuing evolution. I mean, how was how was your wife with all of this? Like, was she okay with your evolving? I'm always like, fella, you do not get this woman. <laughs> we've, we've got a little bit of crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to this episode? I don't Where know. Where did this episode go? <laughs> Uh, everybody, it's a hot Friday afternoon and we're just following where it goes. Literally, this episode is just the microcosm of what we're talking about. I don't even know where we we're going to start it. You were going to read sections from the book and I think you oh, read I like did. three I've read, lines. Yeah, I've read two sections. Should we do another one? Just okay. For one more and it see where like that goes. It feels like maybe we have one more in us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Okay, page 235. As if you'd planned it? As if I'd planned it. 235. Okay, so wait, let me guess. This is probably mid 40. We're probably in our mid 40s by 235. <laughs> I've attributed like how old we are to different page numbers, which I'm just guessing. Um I'm not sure exactly. Maybe you'll know once I okay. read it. Uh <laughs> I start to see how many of us simply need to know that we're not alone, that we're not the first that this disorientation and discovery and rethinking of everything is normal. I was just talking, I was just working with a woman this morning who this was exactly. And then you question. say, let me read this part because this is good right after it. You say, of course, I often begin my responses with these two words. Of course you feel this way. Whew. Yeah. I start yeah. to see how many of us simply need to know that we're not alone, that we're not the first, that this disorientation and discovery and rethinking of everything is normal. Yes. It's actually the tradition. The tradition is adaptation. The tradition is evolution. The tradition is innovation. The tradition is you keep taking the next step. And just for so many, literally millions of people, what they picked up along the way is safety and security and the known at all costs. And then they were taught that's being a loyal soldier, a good student, a worthy son or daughter, a upright citizen. I mean, they were, they were given a whole 
framework for understanding how this thing works, which is protect, defend, stay where you are, don't. And that was what they were taught is the tradition. And that's business, academics, family systems, religion, whatever it is, it's all, it's all the same issues. Instead of, yeah, no, we keep going. Keep learning. Right, and it's really da- it's, it's dangerous to all of those systems and institutions when you start being your own authority. And when you grow, you're more alive than ever at the exact moment you have become a disruptive element within your system of origin, whatever that looks like. Right. And so that's the weird counterintuitive conflict. People are like, I'm like growing. I'm more alive than ever. I'm, I have more love, more curiosity. Like everything just went from black and white to color. It went from 2D to 3D. And yet this is the exact moment when I'm feeling the heat of pushback, criticism, judgment, etc. cetera. Um, right. Yeah. And wondering if I'm normal, wondering if I'm crazy, what wondering if with, I'm... Yeah. Fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So just the number of times, uh, I've had this a number of times in a group of people realizing that we had to pause for a minute, almost like a, a, like a liturgical act, like a rhythmic calendar act of, oh, it's time to pause and, and let you grieve that no one told you this is actually how it works. Mm-hmm. And... A uh, number of people aren't coming with you. And that's actually, which is why history is so important. This is not a new thing you're experiencing. Um, and obviously, uh, f- for me, the uh, how I am centered, it sort of centered my life in in a path, in, in this Jesus path where he's killed, he's executed. Right. Because of the disruptive nature of the work he's doing. So yeah, this is this is not a everybody around the person is telling the person what is this new thing you're doing? Why are you going to and right, I'm sure everyone is, around Jesus wanted him to just be quiet, yeah, go yeah. along with things. Can't we just yeah. keep this kind of underground? Right, right, right. Um, oh, by the way, there's an economic dimension to his his the tension you pick up with his siblings in first century Mediterranean culture. If you had a healer, because there were these healers who arose from time to time, mm-hmm. what a healer would do is a healer would stay stationary, and then people would hear, "Oh, in such such village, there's this new healer." And then all this, you'd take your sick uncle, your sister, and you'd go to that village because you've heard there's a healer in that village. Mm-hmm. And so, what would happen? I don't know if you, are, you and I have ever talked about this is the siblings and family members of the healer would um, would become the gatekeepers for the healer. So they would become the ones that uh, granted or prohibited access to the healer. And you can see how quickly the exchange of money became how the gatekeepers regulated access to the healer. Oh, wow, yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. So when, when Jesus and his siblings seem to be in conflict. Jesus is healing, but against first century Mediterranean standard cultural practice, he goes on the move. So he's moving from village to village to village, which deprives his siblings of the customary function of the siblings of a healer, which would be stability and financial. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a lot to gain. Right, right. So that's the whole thing happening just below the surface of those stories is Dude, we. Why are you, are you doing it this way? What do you? We could, we could be kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where am I going with that? Oh, spirit reveals assumptions that you don't have to live according <laughs> to. <laughs> Back to the beginning of this episode. Uh, what was the whole thing we were just talking about? What did you just read? Oh well, I, it's... I got that one. Wow, I went, I went way off. Maybe it is getting quite hot in here. Like you're, since we've you're like the door. on the road, and I'm way down in the deep weeds. Like, well, hey, over I think here. we were talking about <laughs> how many people actually need to know that this is oh. all normal. Yes. And I, I was going to mention, I've I've seen it happen at the live events 
where there's kind of like a collective deep breath when people get together and realize ah uh, right 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 that that there's a whole world of people yeah. who are going through the same thing who are feeling the same thing who are right. wondering like why why do i feel so different um and the power of then having it be normalized yes yeah so yeah it's painful it's a loss yeah you're limping yeah and you're taking part in an ancient pattern this is how it works even you think about this pandemic and all the disorientation that it has evoked yes and you know i've talked about apocalypse that episode we did a little while ago about apocalyptic hope all these things are being unmasked and revealed injustice racism economic inequality, the failure of a number of these institutions to actually serve us well. This is how it works, is there has to be a great unmasking and a revealing of how bad it is before the whole thing is in enough pain that those seeds of imagination get planted and right. in new order, arrangements In order for emerge. things to get reorganized yes. or reoriented, yes. there yeah. has to be like disorientation and and sometimes i try to be encouraged about these times because things feel very disoriented yes and um it must mean that on the other side of this there's going to be a great reorientation and we are so for that <laughs> right right so even like of course we would all be responding to this lockdown pandemic political chaos like we of of, of course we would be responding like this. Well, and, and, and of course it would go this injustices way. Injustices and yeah. Um, yeah. just the things that are so present in the news that are just unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. So there is there is both the solidarity of standing together in it, and there's also, yeah, this is how this stuff works, is it gets in enough pain mm -hmm. that people are paying attention and actually begin to organize themselves and then new things start to happen that wouldn't have happened until the system was pushed this far right otherwise everybody's like yeah I'm I was fine. even thinking this morning about uh, I was talking to somebody about how um, how devastating the fires were um, in California this year mm -hmm. and how with the the orange skies and the air that you literally, couldn't breathe yeah. without feeling sick um it felt like the end of the world mm -hmm. it felt i mean i know there's a lot of talk about how we're destroying our world but i felt it for the first time like yeah. we are destroying our world like it, i felt the the um the urgency of like we can't we have to do something and then um yeah, we were we were talking about uh, regenerative agriculture yeah. and just all the ways that that addresses climate issues. And I just wondered, like, the pain that happened with the fires, will it make us open to doing new ways of agriculture in the state of California? And then maybe in our country and then yeah. in the world, yeah. like... Um, I just was making that association. Like, what do we have to go through in order for change to happen? Right, right, right. Because historically, there was enough pain. It's literally almost like enough pain, everybody woke up. Mm -hmm. And then new things happened. Right. <sighs> so, of course, of course you feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's so well said. And I was like, wait <laughs> a second. Uh, I'm so glad you came to the back house and we did this episode like this. Let me read this one last section because this is great. It's at the end of the book. And I think it's okay. a beautiful way to end your book and this podcast. Not at the very end, but it's close to the end. Page 257. I gradually begin to see the whole thing is rigged in favor of our growth. The universe has been expanding for 13 billion years, and it never stops inviting us to expand right along with it. Everything that comes our way then is another invitation to grow. 
the yes responses, the no responses, the meltdowns, the injustices, the wrongs, all of it. Success, failure, acceptance, rejection. There's something lurking in all of it, an invitation in all of it. The universe is rigged in favor of our growth. That's a good ending, huh? I know. What would I add to that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to end. That's a good place to end. Thank you. So until next time. <laughs> Grace and peace, everybody. Goodbye, Robcast friends. <laughs>